Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. You are listening to our special archive series. So this year, we decided to release four previously unheard of episodes from 2019. So these were interviews we did with amazing people that we just didn't release or have time to release in last year's schedule. So we're releasing them now so you can get access to them and learn from these incredible human beings we've had on the show in the lead up to the very exciting launch of our brand new series. So we have three new series coming out on the BU with Declan Edwards podcast as of mid-February. You have the 15-minute mindset series, which is very short 15-minute episodes where I teach you a practical skill or tool to enhance your mindset and enhance your life. We have the Insider Scoop series where I sit down with people who have been on a personal development and well-being journey. It could be our staff, it could be graduate members, it could be our current members, it could be tour attendees, but people who give first-hand experience and insight and share their story of how personal development and well-being has changed their life. And of course, you have our Wizards of Wellbeing series, which is where we invite in guest experts who are creating absolute magic in people's lives and we ask them to share their perspective and their professional experience on how you can live a happier and healthier life. Now, that all launches very soon. We're only two weeks away from the official launch of those series. So keep an eye out and make sure you subscribe to this show because if you've subscribed, you're going to be amongst the first people to find out when the new episodes drop. You're going to get a notification. So make sure you've clicked subscribe and you're part of that notification crew. Now on today's episode of the Archive series, we have an incredible man by the name of Jason Bradley. Now Jason is a physiotherapist, he's a business owner, but he's also a good friend of ours in the sense that he is a guest expert on Pocket Coach. So he's another one of these great minds who jumped onto our Pocket Coach platform and wanted to contribute to it and give his expertise and his experience to help more people around the world get access to the knowledge, the tools, the strategies to live a healthier, happier, and more thriving life. So if you're not on Pocket Coach yet, what are you doing? Jump on. We've got all these incredible experts on there that you can learn directly from, as well as, of course, get access to a testing center where you can test your well-being and personal development, get access to animated videos, podcasts, blog articles, all the resources you could need to take your well-being to the next level. And the best part is, because you listen to the podcast, you get a month for free. So click the link below, check it all out, grab all the information. It's in the show notes. And if you don't have the show notes, go to www.bucoaching.org forward slash pocket coach. So again, that's www.bucoaching.org forward slash pocket coach. You'll grab all the information there. But before you do that, or maybe as soon as you've done that, come back to the show either either make sure you listen to this episode because it is an incredible, incredible interview we have with Jason. He's an amazing man. I'm so excited for you to learn directly from him. And you know what? Let's jump straight into it. Please join me in welcoming Jason to the show. Okay, Jason, thank you for coming on to the show and spending some time with us today. I'm uh, really excited to have you on. Obviously, we had a good chance to reconnect before the show. Yes. Um, We've known each other for a few years now and we had a good chuckle about Jordan, the co-founder here at BU, being very hippie and still stuck in Africa. Yeah, he caught me um, buying some chocolates in the junction the other day, and we had a good laugh about that. And so. he accosted you barefoot and yes. uh, long hairstyle. Yes, I was tempted to pay him some money just so he could get a haircut. But... <laughs> and, of course, that leads to this, a great um, 
opportunity for us to connect and bring some of your knowledge onto the show. Uh, for those listening, Jason is the owner of Bodyworks Physiotherapy. We got chatting beforehand about some of the trends that you're starting to see in people's well-being, especially in their physical well-being and ways that we could be more proactive about that. But before we jump into it, because I'm quite excited to hear your perspective on that, actually, I'd love to throw to you to introduce yourself and share with the audience why you got into this space. Like what first got you interested in it? What keeps you passionate about yeah. it now? And uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Okay. Um, I guess I fell into physio quite un... Uh, well, I went down for a medicine scholarship program. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the country in a little place called Glen Innes, about five and a half hours northwest of Newcastle. Uh, got in a government scholarship program mm-hmm. to check out the medicine programs and thought, did a one-hour intro to physio and they said you earned lots and you got to work, work with sports people. And so I thought physio was all about massaging sports people. Uh-huh. Um, I was a little bit misled, I think, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I hadn't done work experience, hadn't been to a physio, and I got into physio at uni and I didn't actually expect to get into it. Turns out there's a lot more involved with physio, like a heap of work with, and a lot of people don't realise um, physio is so broad, like mm-hmm. everything from paediatrics right through to strokes and cardiothoracic rehab, and then the small amount of private practice, musculoskeletal stuff and mm-hmm. workplace stuff that we do, um, which realistically only takes up about 15 to 20% of our industry. Wow. Um, so I'm in a sort of, a, like it's it's a good portion of it, but it's definitely a smaller part. So I, I really loved originally coming from a sporting background, I used to play for Australia with roller hockey. Mm-hmm. I loved the idea of working with athletes and that. Mm-hmm. I guess as I've grown over the last sort of 10, 11 years of working in physio, while I still love working with athletes and, you know, I find my passion now is more working with average people and families, mm-hmm. um, people that are still fit and healthy and want to stay sporty, but elite athletes, definitely not my passion anymore. It's more working with average families. Um, and I do a lot of work with kids, which I really enjoy working with Very as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, I guess the thing that keeps me going with it is it's such a high interaction industry sort of thing. Like people say, do you find it boring? Because realistically, one sprained ankle is very much similar to the next sprained ankle. Mm. But I would say it's actually the person that you're dealing with each time. Like it's that interaction. I always say, you know, because sometimes I'll do a 12-hour day, but you feel like you're just chatting with your friends while you're Mm. massaging them and giving them exercises. So it's really, it's that, for me, it's the social interaction and the personal Mm. relationships that you develop and that we're able to develop as part of our job that really keep it exciting and interesting and enjoyable. And it makes a huge difference to the patient, to the clients as well, right? Like having that sense of connection and support and care definitely compared to just going, well, here's massage, here's your exercises, off you go. Well, and I think I try and really reinforce it with my team. Like I say, it it really goes, and I don't know who said it, but Mm -hmm. it's something along the lines of like, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, I love Um, that. and, And it really is true. Like people can respect your medical knowledge but until they know that you respect them, see them as a person, really care about them, um, like even just asking them small things about how their kids went with the soccer on the weekend and that, it makes your day more enjoyable because, as I said, you're not just going over the same questions like how's your pain out of 10, um, how's the swelling going. You're actually interacting with someone. So it's important for them because then they think of you not only as a knowledgeable person but also someone they respect and they like mm. and so they want to do what you've asked them to because they like you as well as they know it's good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I'm just realising sort of listening to you talk about that and how it adds something to your life as well as theirs. 
I'm just going, I'm going to take this interview on two completely different yeah. roads at the same time. <laughs> so the total plan is yeah, well, out. basically, let's throw it. Let's go. Because this. I just had the idea, I was like, well, there's two things I kind of really want to dive in about. Mm. I know there's going to be a lot of listeners on this show who um, fall into the trap of not being proactive with their well-being. It's a classic, mm. I won't do it till it hurts. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, now it's a big problem. I should go fix it. Yeah. And then there's this problem of they'll fix it until it's no longer hurting and then it'll be stop. better and yeah. then it's bad again. So I want to talk about that and how often you see that and, and mm. why you think that happens and how to remedy, yeah. remedy it. Let's, let's go there first and then okay. I'll keep my tangent for, uh, for soon. Yeah. <laughs> Part two. Um, I guess, like, a lot of the stuff we see can be prevented. Mm. Um, you know, whether it's in a sporting field, in a workplace a- a environment. I think I was saying before, like, we see a lot of people nowadays that think their three to four hours of gym work a week where they're lifting heavy stuff compensates for the fact that, you know, they're not doing manual labour as part of their daily lifestyle mm. anymore. Like, we have such a sedentary lifestyle that the couple of hours we do in the gym can't compensate for the fact that we're just sitting still 40 hours a week plus, plus what we're doing at home sort of thing. Mm. Um, So it it really is important, I think, a lot of the time to get an understanding of where you're at and whether that's, it it doesn't mean to work with a physio, but it can just be, you know, to get an assessment done as part of a fitness regime from your GP. It's always good to have an understanding of where you're at at your baseline. And I think a lot of people know where their weaknesses are from the start even without having medical training, if you ask somebody, you know, what do you think are your weak spots or where is your trouble spots, Mm. they'll usually be able to say, well, look, I get a regular tightness through here, through my neck, or when I'm sitting for too long, I start to get a bit of a sore back or I've had problems here before. So anywhere where you know in yourself there is a weakness or a problem, Mm. that's an automatic red flag to us when people come in because we know that that's somewhere where we have to start to address it yeah do you think there's a worrying sort of trend there in uh because it becomes so common it's almost perceived as normal like the first thought is lower back problems right it's like yeah but everyone i know has a sore back so this is normal right it's like well (laughs) yeah and 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 it is hard too because i think the availability also of scans and imaging has increased so the other problem we have along that where they say what's normal what's average like Mm. we can say that, you know, obesity is average, Mm. but that doesn't mean it's normal. Mm. Um, You know, the other issue we have on that, though, is like, for example, if we send you to get an MRI of your lower back, even if you've got no symptoms, it may return to us with disc bulges on that MRI. And we know there's a heap of studies that have been done now on lower backs, on shoulders, on knees, that the common injuries that we see in those areas if we do scans on people over certain ages, they've got statistics to show how many percent of people will have those disc bulges, meniscus tears, rotator cuff tears in their shoulder, but have no symptoms. Yeah, well. So we also have what we call incidental findings where we can have people coming in and just because that's a finding there, it doesn't mean that's the problem mm. and it doesn't mean it's limiting to them. Yeah. So you have to take, you don't want to be overcautious mm. and over um um, analyze anything mm-hmm. I think it's always great to bring it straight back to a functional status yep. and go what is it you want to get out of life um, and I guess that ties into what you guys sort of yeah. would be looking at like what's your motivation what do you what are you passionate about what do you want to achieve like for, from our perspective we're like what do you want to do for work what do you want to do for sports or achieve yep. your sports um, I always try and get my team to link it back to we call it um, a significant emotional event mm-hmm. um, so my prime example is um, 
when I had a lady come in with knee pain mm. and she wanted me to fix her knee pain. I said, why is it important to fix your knee pain? Mm. Well, my knee pain stopping me from running. Why is it important to run? Yes. Well, I run because I de-stress. And if I don't run to de-stress, I drink wine and I'm trying to keep my weight off. Yeah, gotcha. So for us, her functional limitation is related to her emotional stability and her passion in life sort of thing. She wants to stay fit and healthy for her kids. Mm. So it's not about her knee pain. Yeah. Um, so for us, sorry, I know that is a very long-winded and roundabout no, kind of way of answering it. Yeah. But it's really spot on as well. It's yeah. If you can make it bigger than what it is and tie it to something yeah. more than what it is, and, and so it's much more likely to and, pursue it. And it's tying it to a useful thing. Yes. Because back pain in itself is not a good motivator. It's not a good inspiring tool mm. to get people to change their lifestyle or to do exercises or to change how you're working. Yeah. It's got to be about how that affects you and affects your goals in your life because, mm. as you guys would know, like pain – like some things are very short-term motivators. Yep. They're not going to drive long-term behavioral change. And pain's a massive example of that. Yep. We talk about yo-yo changing, right? It's It, it hurts, so you'll move for long enough that it doesn't hurt. And yep. you're like, sweet, I'm done. done. No need to do anything anymore. Yep. And that ties back into that thing we were saying about a cycle sort of mm. thing. And I guess that's, as physios, most of us are very passionate about creating self-sustaining solutions yep. sort of things. So the problem you often have with pain or injuries is you'll come in and when it's painful, it's what we call, it, it's, clin- it's at a, a clinical stage where it's painful and acute. Yep. When we treat it, we hopefully see it go down below like a pain line where it goes to what we'd call subclinical, where oh. there's no symptoms, but it may not be normal in there. Yep. So you've got to keep going with your exercises until it gets back to fully normal mm. because while it's still subclinical, there's still something wrong in there. Mm. And that's where we have that problem that people go, oh, it's all good now. Yep. I can stop. And then we see them again. Yeah. So that's where it comes back to either tying it through to a better motivation or a goal. Mm-hmm. Or in my case, what I try and do with a lot of my patients is we tie it into something they're already doing. I think I was reading, um, oh, it's a really good book about habit stacking. Um, okay. Tempad. I can't remember what it was, but mm-hmm. it was basically saying habit stacking. So yep. if you want to develop a new habit, you stack it. So yes. I use TV exercises. Oh, perfect. And say, look, here's your five exercises you have to do every night. You do them while you watch TV. Amazing. Don't come in here and tell me you've watched MasterChef or something if you haven't done your exercise. Because yeah. I know you've been sitting there for half an hour when you could have been stretching. Yeah. So if you stack it and make it a part of an easy lifestyle so it's not a chore, mm. people can do it long term. Yeah. And it really, as you said, does build into that habit and sustainable lifestyle change rather than just being like, well, this is something I'm doing to quickly fix where I'm at. Yeah. And I think exercises and, you know, rehab is not sexy. Mm. Um, nobody went, oh, I'm so excited to do my physiotherapy exercise <laughs> home tonight. But if you can get it to go, look, just, you know, keep your foam roller, keep your mat out near the mm. lounge. And when you sit down to relax and watch the news at night or something, get it out, just sit down, do a few stretches while you're watching the TV or you're listening to some relaxing music, whatever is your happy relaxing time. Yep. If you can combine that It'll and make it part of your it. general yeah. routine. Or like, you know, if they're an active fit person that goes to the gym, you include it as part of your gym program. So it's part of your general routine. Yeah. So I guess it's about looking at how you can find something that matches your goals and your functional goals, especially, and then tying that in so it becomes part of a routine. So you don't even have to think about it. Yeah. I love that. It it makes it so much more sustainable and and realistically effective long term. Um, 
mate, the complete tangent that, tangent that came to mind that I'd really like to get your perspective on as well. I think that's really useful for people listening who are like, okay, I'm not taking my body um, proactively. I need to look after this. Or maybe they're falling into the trap of that yo-yo change yeah. we spoke about. But I'm also very aware that one of the most represented careers in our members for stress, burnout, overwhelming exhaustion is allied health. Mm. Why? I think it's because of the disconnect between um, business and health. Um, I see a lot of health professionals that really struggle, and I think it's partially due to expectations of society Mm -hmm. and partially due to the way we're educated, um, that there's this real pressure on us as allied health professionals. And we get into it because we love helping people. Um, And sometimes it's hard to disconnect between helping people and a job sort of thing. Mm. Like, you know, if you go to work in other career industries, you don't so closely relate your success as a person in that career Mm. with other people's health and outcomes. Um, But as a health professional, like our whole, uh, we're we're taught all the way through that our whole purpose is to help people. Yeah. Um, And sometimes that's not possible. Mm. Sometimes they're not ready to be helped or they don't want to help themselves. Mm. Um, And it's also hard because a lot of people feel guilty when they make money out of helping people. Mm. And and that's a real problem that I see a lot when, um, and something I have to, you know, as a business owner and a manager and somebody who's mentoring a lot of staff team Mm. members, I have to work with that early on. Um, And I remember my uh, my ex boss, like I don't ex boss sounds weird, but like you know, he was the first person at physio I worked for, and he really has been a great mentor to me. Paul Wright, um, he said to me that in health, it is your absolute priority to make good profit and make good money out of being in health. And he said it's because you owe it to your shareholders. And I thought shareholders is a really you know, I always think of shareholders as a negative term, yeah, like yeah, yeah. you think of trade, like, you know, all the stocks and everything. Mm-hmm. But he says your shareholders as a health professional are your family who are relying on you to supply them income and support them, your team members who you employ and mm-hmm. they support their family and your patients. Mm. Because the more profitable you can make your business and the more successful you are, the more people you can help, yep. the more stuff you outreach you can do in the community. Um, for us, the more we can donate. Like mm. we donate to so many charity organisations. We had the Bowl or the Ball recently, all our sports teams. The only way we can do all that is being successful. And I think it's that dichotomy that is some people really struggle with mm. between being a health professional who wants to help people but then feeling guilty for making money in it. Mm. Um, and it's really hard sometimes to get those two to match up. Yeah, I think a lot of people have this sort of idea of it's passion or profit. Yeah. It's like, well, why not passion and profit? Yeah. You know, why not combine the two? And mm. profit is a reflection of the passion and the impact you're making. Exactly. And it's this nice little cycle where it enables you, as you yeah. said, to make more of an impact. Yeah. I mean, if you look at some of the best, I think, entrepreneurs that um, help people, um, you know, um, oh, I'm having a total mind blank. What's the lady that was just in um, Survivor? Um, oh, I've not seen Juice lady. Okay. Oh, Janine Ellis. Ja- Janine yeah. Ellis love her like i think mm. she was so passionate about that and you can see how you know some people might not like boost juice for mm-hmm. certain things but um like you know she had that real passion about health and helping people and she's built a great business on about it virgin um even bill and melinda gates sort of thing there's that great um documentary that's on, about on netflix that i just yeah. finished watching it it's amazing and, you know yeah. so passionate like he is a prime example he is so rich mm. but the amount of money that they have been able to pump back into such worthwhile causes mm. 
because of their success. And I think that's the thing that some people, Australia is really horrible at it. Yeah. We are bad at philanthropy. Mm -hmm. We like tearing down anyone who's successful. Tall poppy syndrome is a huge problem in our culture. And the idea of getting somewhere successful so you can give back Mm. really seems quite um, alien to a lot of people Mm. in Australia sort of thing. But it it is true. Like the better, the more success you have, Mm -hmm. the more you can really give back to your community. You have time and you have money to give back. And I think that, is something that we really need to look at in our community and, and really reward people who want to give back because mm. they've been successful. Mm. And especially in that allied, allied health space where, as you said, normally people are attracted to it because they want to help. And then the danger there is, I always think of the oxygen mask analogy on the plane. Mm. You know, allied health tends to be the people running around the plane frantically putting oxygen yep. masks on and they've never put theirs on in the first place. No. And, and they, they really want to help everyone, but we sometimes because we're so focused on that, it's sometimes hard to be able to take a step back and go, hey, and I, I say, we say allied health, but, you know, mm. the, the worst people I see in the clinic mm. who actually are worse than any other people Teachers. are mums. Oh, yeah, of course. Mums. Yeah, Horrible. The mm. amount of mothers we get in that are falling apart and by mm. the time they get into CS, they've had heel spurs for six months, they've mm. had knee pain, shoulder pain, you know, on one person. But they're like, oh, but the kids had this and then one of them was having anxiety issues and so I didn't feel like I could, you know. Mm. I keep telling people that if you fall apart, you can't look after people. Exactly. And so allied health but and mums as well. Yeah. And there's almost a sense of nobility in it as well of yeah. like, you know, I'm being, exactly, I'm being <laughs> selfless, I'm not putting my needs anywhere near the top. Yeah. And I think that is a, such part of our culture but it's so dangerous and mm. detrimental to have that me last mentality yeah um and i'm not saying it should be a me first at expense of others mentality no right but me first so i can help others there there was a great article that i read by a psychologist on modern parenting sort Mm. of thing and they were saying we've got modern parenting all wrong because Mm. nowadays the kids are the main priority in a family Mm -hmm. whereas you said realistically it should be the parents that are the main priority the parents and their relationship their happy relationship and their healthy happy relationship because if you don't have a healthy, happy relationship with parents or for you as a person, mm-hmm. how are you meant to look after other people? Like you can't look after kids if you're yourself in your own relationship mm-hmm. is crappy. And it goes the same with people with injuries. How are you going to look after other people if your body's falling apart, if you can't do your exercise to keep you happy and motivated and, you know, because we know staying active and that makes us feel better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it does come down to self-care and I think self-care is something we really neglect in modern society a little bit. Yeah. And I think also taking the self-care and recognizing that sometimes self-care isn't sexy. I do no. worry that thanks to, you know, the, the whole Instagram self-care Sundays days, thing. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm lying back, tanning, cucumbers on my eyes. It's yeah. like, I mean, look, yes, that can be viewed as self-care, but sometimes self-care is, yeah. it's, it's not fun. It's not no. sexy. It's not Instagrammable, right? No, exactly. But it's still important. Yeah. Um, and, and that might be as simple as, you know, just doing your stretches mm. or, you know, taking the time out instead of helping everyone to clean up the laundry that's piled mm. up in your room so you feel more organised. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's like doing stretches, looking after yourself, um, taking that time just to get out and have a walk. Mm. Um, you know, my partner's making sure he goes for a walk every morning yep. um, before work. He leaves he leaves home 20 or 30 minutes early. Uh-huh. So just can go for a little walk around the block. It's not great for like it's not high intensity exercise yeah. or anything, but it helps him clear his head and he likes to get out and feel do a bit of exercise so he feels like he's being healthier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's those little 
again, it, I feel like we keep going back to habits, right? Mm. It's, it's not thinking in terms of giant leaps. It's no. not thinking in terms of these reactive, oh, okay, now the shoulder's hurting, or, oh, God, now yeah. I'm burnt out and exhausted. Yeah. Now I need to frantically do something. It's, it's little movements. Mm. It's like the, I always used to say, um, the, there was a really great government dietetics program that they had on, which was swap it, don't stop it. Yes. And I always tell patients that. I'm like, you don't have to go from eating unhealthy to going no carb keto, which mm. that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. But you can just swap a few things. Yep. Like, you know, instead of having one and a half liters of Coke a day, mm. start by switching to Coke Zero. Mm. Um, you know, there's a whole nother thing about artificial yeah, yeah, sweetness yeah, yeah. and that. But it's still better. It's still progress. And, yeah. you know, and then switch to water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and it's the same with like movement stuff, right? As yeah. you said, if they're, if they're thinking that three hours of going to the gym, high intensity it's is true. enough to offset, you yeah. know, everything else. Yeah. We don't want them to also start thinking, oh, God, that means I need to shake up my entire workplace and now I'm going to have a sit-stand desk and now I'm going to have a walking treadmill desk. It's yep. like, okay, how can we integrate this stuff In little by little? Well, and it's funny because the whole rage was standing desks. And, yeah. and then we had all these people coming in with leg injuries. Um, yeah, gotcha. Because while the <laughs> human they weren't body, moving. Yeah, the human body is not designed to sit still for eight hours a day. Uh-huh. We know that. Like yep. We're meant to be able to you know, get down, do 20 or 30 minutes and run after something and kill it. And mm. then, you know, skin it or whatever, and then go find some berries or something. Yeah. You know, that's the way we we're evolved. Like we, we were meant to move on a regular basis. Mm. Um, but to the same extent, we weren't meant to stand for eight hours a day either. Yeah. So, you know, whenever people start with standing desks, we always say you do small amounts. So uh-huh. you might just do half an hour to an hour a day for the first week. Yeah. And then you increase it like by an hour each week until you mm. can probably do half to 60% of your time standing. Okay. But you still want to have a chair there. Yeah. Because standing all day in one spot, I had a patient that she had a problem that she was getting um, basically all the fluid staying in her legs because she was standing still uh, and she wasn't getting good venous return of blood flow. Uh-huh. So we just said to her, look, well, start doing a few little calf raises, some stretches, yep. a little marching, a bit of dancing yeah. on your desk. She loved it. Yep. Um, I said, it'll burn more energy. But she said it was amazing. Yep. Little movements in the legs, blood flow better. So perhaps, because I was going to ask, is sitting really the new smoking? Perhaps it's immobility is the new smoking. I think it's that's it. Being still. Still. Yeah. Like if you, when we look at all of the trends of exercise and activity, so, mm-hmm. you know, there's a big, everyone talks about childhood obesity mm-hmm. and some of the best studies that have come out indicate that kids are playing more sport than ever before. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, yes, there's energy dense foods and all mm-hmm. that, and that definitely has a role to play. But what we look at is what about incidental exercise? And it goes for adults too because mm. it's your incidental movement that really is the main energy burner. And mm. it's what I was saying about, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, three to four hours a week at the gym doesn't cut it yeah. if you're then sedentary for the other however many hours a week through the week. Yeah, it's like an hour a day yeah. of movement for 23 hours of being yeah. pretty prone. And so what, what we find with kids is they're doing more and more organised sport than ever before they're also specializing in sport earlier than ever before. So we're seeing yep. an increase in injuries because yep. they're doing Very one particular specific movements sport and, yep. time and again. Whereas kids, you know, if we go back 20 or 30 years, um, like we're similar mm. ages, sort of in our 30s, if you mm. think about when we grew up, you used to run around a lot more. There was still sport, but you spent a lot more time running. It wasn't uncommon to play a lot of sports, you yep. know, just change your mind every three months. <laughs> exactly. you, you just went, you know, well, like, you know, I remember getting home. We grew up on a farm, but we'd get home off the school bus and we'd be running around in the, on the farm. It shows you um, different safety standards, but, you know, <laughs> playing down in the creek, building dams, climbing trees. And then mum would call us when the sun was going down to come in and get a fruit platter before dinner. Yep. Um, but, you know, you didn't 
just sit and watch TV. Mm. And it, it's those little creeping things. And it goes across from kids to adults. We often don't realise that we're sedentary and how, like you only have to look at the studies of how long some people watch TV now and what's yep. normal for TV watching. Mm. Um, and once again, back to that normal versus average exactly. and, and okay right? yeah 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 <laughs> and just so going just because this is now normal, normal doesn't mean it it's okay yeah doesn't mean it should be desired no yeah no. yeah and i mean especially you know we're in newcastle uh-huh. newcastle's a brilliant place to live mm. it's got such a great climate we've got so many activities outdoors and I, not just activities but just to go for a walk um you know, so I think now that's getting into summer, people, mm. if they were looking to make positive health changes, mm. um, my big thing would be just to get out and go for a walk every afternoon. Like yeah. if you wanted to do nothing else to help prevent injury and get yourself feeling better, it would be just go for a walk every day. Mm. Yeah, and I love that. And I, I could talk about this for a very long time with you because I'm fascinated by it and I think it's very important. I've just started to get the red light saying we're nearing the end. And I always like yeah. to put people on the spot for the last one. Just okay. throw them something to see what comes out. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to pick up on some of the themes we've spoken about in terms of like proactive self-care around habits, around small changes rather than yep. massive changes. Those really stood out to me as these core themes that I, I hope our audience is. And for those listening, if you didn't grab those, like make sure you go like re-listen, get those and go, mm-hmm. hey, like that's how I approach this. If you could have three minutes with everyone in the world, mm-hmm to share one message about looking after themselves, what would it be? That is really tricky. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Three minutes to look after themselves. Um, I would say um, it really has to come down to it's all individual mm. and it's really hard then to give a general blanket thing. And mm. I would say there's no blanket thing as far as physical stuff goes. But, and, you know, this is a bit of a pitch back to you guys, I guess. But the thing that is going to matter to each person is what each person person is passionate and loves and really wants to do. Mm. Um, and it sounds totally unhealth um, person characteristic. Mm. But some of that may not be healthy. And I think that's okay as long as people are really in touch with who they want to be and acknowledge that. Mm. Um I love my scotch and my wine. Yep. Um, and, it, you know, people would say, oh, you shouldn't drink. Yeah. But I think, you know, in moderation, mm. I like that. Mm. So I think the biggest thing with self-care is looking at what you love, what you're passionate about, and making sure that when you've made that decision, it really rings true for you so you don't judge yourself for it. Because mm. I think that's where the problem comes is it's, People have shown that if you love something and it rings true for you, you can do amazing volumes of work. You can, you know, work 20 hours a day and still feel great about it and get up the next day and go do it again. The problem is when people do stuff that doesn't ring true with who they are and what they want to be, that's where it doesn't matter whether you're on a holiday, whether you have that idyllic time, um, you will still feel exhausted and frustrated. It doesn't matter who your partner is, how much money you have. Um, you know, it's obviously, you know, they always say it's a lot easier to be happy with money. So mm. it's not like money Money does bring happiness because yeah. if you have money, yeah. you can be, it's easier to be happy. But to the same extent, it really has to be that what you want to do and achieve has to ring true within you mm. and then base your actions and your habits based on who you want to be. Um, cause I think whenever well, you don't do that, you're always going to, um, feel guilty or feel, um, 
rejection or, mm. or, or feel regret about things. And that's not what's going to make you happy or healthy. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, such a powerful way to sort of bring it to a close and, and for a lot of listeners to get that. Now, if they do want to connect with you and, and reach out to you, where can they best do that? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, where we've got a number of clinics across Newcastle, if they want purely physical, you know, mm-hmm. sort of physiotherapy, we've got physiotherapy, massage and EP across Newcastle, the Hunter Valley and Port Stephens, uh, bodyworksphysio.com.au is the website. Um, call up 49527033. But we've got Facebook, YouTube. There's a few great videos if you're looking for some stretches, foam rolling oh, and that on YouTube. Um, you know, just to have a look at the YouTube channel there. It's just Bodyworks Physio again. Um, yeah, if you want anything like that. And yeah, just connect with us on the website. We always do a few free courses and that, um, whether it's foam rolling or injury mm-hmm. prevention stuff. Um, yeah, get in touch. Amazing. Mate, thank you once again for coming in and spending some time with me. No problem. Thanks for having me in today, Declan. Too easy. Thank you once again to Jason for jumping on the show and thank you, of course, to you for choosing to listen to the show and invest in your well-being by doing so. Now, if you do want to connect more with Jason, if you want to learn more from him, I said it at the start, I'll say it again now, make sure you jump on Pocket Coach. At the end of the day, even the full version, after you have your month for free, it's less than $3.90 a week. Like It's less than a coffee per week to get access to some of the best minds in well-being and personal development, as well as industry-leading tests so you can track your improvement over time and of course all of our blogs all our podcasts and vip animated videos to teach you these incredible life-changing concepts from five different fields of research at the end of the day you just ask yourself is my personal development and well-being worth more to me than one cup of coffee a week and if it is jump on pocket coach there's the answer And as always, don't forget to subscribe to the show, especially with these new series coming out in mid-February. Trust me when I say you want to be notified when those episodes drop. They're some of our best episodes yet. I'm so excited for you to listen to them. So make sure you've subscribed to the show, no matter what you're listening to it through, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, any podcasting platform, click subscribe, give us a review. It helps us change more lives. And until the next time we talk, the next time we talk will be on our very last episode of our archive episodes and it's a very very special one the guest we've saved for last is someone very dear to me and that i'm very proud to have on the show but before we get to that you know what we do make an impact start with self and be you